Chapter 5, Part 7 of A Problem in Modern Ethics by John Addington Simons. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Chapter 5 Literature, Medicine, Part 7. Note to the foregoing section. At the close of this inquiry into medical theories of sexual inversion, all of which assume that the phenomenon is morbid, it may not be superfluous to append the protest of an earning against that solution of the problem. I translate it from the original document published by Kraft Ebing, pages 216 through 219. He says that the writer is a man of high position in London, but whether the communication was made in German or in English does not appear. You have no conception what sustained and difficult struggles. We all of us, the thoughtful and refined among us most of all, have to carry on, and how terribly we are forced to suffer under the false opinions which still prevail regarding us and our so-called immorality. Your view that in most cases the phenomenon in question has to be ascribed to congenital morbidity offers perhaps the easiest way of overcoming popular prejudices and awakening sympathy instead of horror and contempt for us poor afflicted creatures still while i believe that this view is the most favourable for us in the present state of things i am unable in the interest of science to accept the term morbid without qualification and venture to suggest some further distinctions bearing on the central difficulties of the problem the phenomenon is certainly anomalous but the term morbid carries a meaning which seems to me inapplicable to the subject or at all events to very many cases which have come under my cognizance i will concede a priori that a far larger proportion of mental disturbance nervous hypersensibility etc can be proved in earnings than in normal men but ought this excess of nervous erethism to be referred necessarily to the peculiar nature of the earning is not this the true explanation in a vast majority of cases that the earning owing to present laws and social prejudices cannot like other men obtain a simple and easy satisfaction of his inborn sexual desires to begin with the years of boyhood an earning when he first becomes aware of sexual stirrings in his nature and innocently speaks about them to his comrades soon finds that he is unintelligible so he wraps himself within his own thoughts or should he attempt to tell a teacher or his parents about these feelings the inclination which for him is as natural as swimming to a fish would be treated by them as corrupt and sinful he is exhorted at any cost to overcome and trample on it then there begins in him a hidden conflict a forcible suppression of the sexual impulse 
and in proportion as the natural satisfaction of his craving is denied fancy works with still more lively efforts conjuring up those seductive pictures which he would fain expel from his imagination the more energetic is the youth who has to fight this inner battle the more seriously must his whole nervous system suffer from it it is this forcible suppression of an instinct so deeply rooted in our nature it is this in my humble opinion which first originates the morbid symptoms that may often be observed in earnings but such consequences have nothing in themselves to do with the sexual inversion proper to the earning well then some persons prolong this never-ending inner conflict and ruin their constitutions in course of time others arrive eventually at the conviction that an inborn impulse which exists in them so powerfully cannot possibly be sinful so they abandon the impossible task of suppressing it but just at this point begins in real earnest the iliad of their sufferings and constant nervous excitations the normal man if he looks for means to satisfy his sexual inclinations knows always where to find that without trouble not so the earning he sees the men who attract him he dares not utter nay dares not even let it be perceived what stirs him he imagines that he alone of all the people in the world is the subject of emotions so eccentric naturally he cultivates the society of young men but does not venture to confide in them so at last he is driven to seek some relief in himself some makeshift for the satisfaction he cannot obtain this results in masturbation probably excessive with the usual pernicious consequences to health when after the lapse of a certain time his nervous system is gravely compromised this morbid phenomenon ought not to be ascribed to sexual inversion in itself far rather we have to regard it as the logical issue of the earnings position driven as he is by dominant opinion to forego the gratification which for him is natural and normal and to betake himself to onanism but let us now suppose that the earning has enjoyed the exceptional good fortune of finding upon his path in life a soul who feels the same as he does or else that he has been early introduced by some initiated friend into the circles of the earning world in this case it is possible that he will have escaped many painful conflicts yet a long series of exciting cares and anxieties attend on every step he takes he knows indeed now that he is by no means the only individual in the world who harbours these abnormal emotions he opens his eyes and marvels to discover how numerous are his comrades in all social spheres and every class of industry 
he also soon perceives that earnings no less than normal men and women have developed prostitution and that male strumpets can be bought for money just as easily as females accordingly there is no longer any difficulty for him in gratifying his sexual impulse but how differently do things develop themselves in his case how far less fortunate is he than normal men let us assume the luckiest case that can befall him the sympathetic friend for whom he has been sighing all his life is found yet he cannot openly give himself up to this connection as a young fellow does with the girl he loves both of the comrades are continually forced to hide their liaison their anxiety on this point is incessant anything like an excessive intimacy which could arouse suspicion especially when they are not of the same age or do not belong to the same class in society has to be concealed from the external world in this way the very commencement of the relation sets a whole chain of exciting incidents in motion and the dread lest the secret should be betrayed or divined prevents the unfortunate lover from ever arriving at a simple happiness trifling circumstances which would have no importance for another sort of man make him tremble lest suspicion should awake his secret be discovered and he become a social outcast lose his official appointment be excluded from his profession is it conceivable that this incessant anxiety and care should pass over him without a trace and not react upon his nervous system another individual less lucky has not found a sympathetic comrade but has fallen into the hands of some pretty fellow who at the outset readily responded to his wishes till he drew the very deepest secret of his nature forth at that point the subtlest methods of blackmailing began to be employed the miserable persecuted wretch placed between the alternative of paying money down or of becoming socially impossible losing a valued position seeing dishonour bursting upon himself and family pays and still the more he pays the greedier becomes the vampire who sucks his life-blood until at last there lies nothing else before him except total financial ruin or disgrace who will be astonished if the nerves of an individual in this position are not equal to the horrid strain in some cases the nerves give way altogether mental alienation sets in at last the wretch finds in a madhouse that repose which life would not afford him others terminate their unendurable situation by the desperate act of suicide how many unexplained cases of suicide in young men ought to be ascribed to this cause i do not think i am far wrong when i maintain that at least half of the suicides of young men are due to this one circumstance 
even in cases where no merciless blackmailer persecutes the earning but a connection has existed which lasted satisfactorily on both sides still in these cases even discovery or the dread of discovery leads only too often to suicide how many officers who have had connection with their subordinates how many soldiers who have lived in such relation with a comrade when they thought they were about to be discovered have put a bullet through their brains to avoid the coming disgrace and the same thing might be said about all the other callings in life in consequence of all this it seems clear that if as a matter of fact mental abnormalities and real disturbances of the intellect are commoner with earnings than in the case of other men this does not establish an inevitable connection between the mental eccentricity and the earnings specific temperament or prove that the latter causes the former according to my firm conviction mental disturbances and morbid symptoms which may be observed in earnings ought in the large majority of instances not to be referred to their sexual anomaly the real fact is that they are reduced in them by the prevalent false theory of sexual inversion together with the legislation in force against earnings and the reigning tone of public opinion it is only one who has some approximate notion of the mental and moral sufferings of the anxieties and perturbations to which an earning is exposed who knows the never-ending hypocrisies and concealments he must practise in order to cloak his indwelling inclination who comprehends the infinite difficulties which oppose the natural satisfaction of his sexual desire it is only such a one i say who is able properly to wonder at the comparative rarity of mental aberrations and nervous ailments in the class of earnings the larger proportion of these morbid circumstances would certainly not be developed if the earning like the normal man could obtain a simple and facile gratification of his sexual appetite and if he were not everlastingly exposed to the torturing anxieties i have attempted to describe this is powerfully and temperately written it confirms what i have attempted to establish while criticising the medical hypothesis and raises the further question whether the phenomenon of sexual inversion ought not to be approached from the point of view of embryology rather than of psychical pathology in other words is not the true earning to be regarded as a person born with sexual instincts improperly correlated to his sexual organs this he can be without any inherited or latent morbidity and the nervous anomalies discovered in him when he falls at last beneath the observation of physicians may not be the evidence of an originally tainted constitution 
but the consequence of unnatural conditions to which he has been exposed from the age of puberty end of chapter 5 part 7 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey